Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. All right, well, welcome to Temple Online, and we are in week five of the series from good to great taking any relationship to the next level i'm pastor ronnie and i'm excited to uh, wrap up this series i think that there is a lot of value in this and if you remember back in week one i talked about the concept of gratitude and how that throughout scripture it's filled with the admonition to be grateful to be thankful well science tells us that if we'll do that we literally can change our body change our a mental outlook and, and I believe that scripture supports it, that we can change ourselves spiritually. Well, in week two, I uh, talked about the concept of stinking thinking and, and how that, you know, it's real easy for us to get lost in the, the negative uh, viewpoint of things that are happening to us in life. And ultimately, what we think about is what we end up acting on. Our thoughts drive our behaviors. Well, the, the following week, I talked to you, I broke down Hebrews 4.12 and how that the the word of God um, pierces even between our soul and our spirit. And the second half of that verse where it talked about, it divides between our thoughts and the intentions of our heart. And so uh, one of the things I was saying is that um, our behavior never lies. And what happens in our heart comes out. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that today as well. Uh, last week I talked about what's growing on your tree. And uh, are you growing the fruit of the spirit or do you see the acts of the flesh uh, coming out. Well, here we are in the last week of this series, and I want to talk to you about the topic of the power of your words. You know, Luke 6, 45, and, and also in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, uh, Jesus said these words, and that is that out of the abundance of the heart proceeds the words of our mouth. So now as we look back over this series and we think about taking any relationship to the next level, we're going to find out that the words that we speak have the ability to uh, make a relationship stronger, also has the ability to tear down a relationship. Have you ever uh, found somebody, or maybe you've been um, found yourself doing this, and that is uh, you said something that you didn't mean to say out loud, and, and then you uh, follow up with, well, that just slipped out. That's exactly what uh, Jesus was talking about in Luke and again in Matthew and how that from the abundance of the heart, what fills our heart, what fills underneath the, the surface, that's what comes out in our language. Well, James 1.26 said these words when it came to uh, the power of our words, and that was that if anyone thinks himself to be religious and doesn't bridle his tongue, that person's religion is vain. And he deceives himself. And so I want to kind of talk about that today. I think one of the great verses uh, in the Bible when it comes to just a, a very great summation of our words is found in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. Proverbs 18, 21 says this, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. 
and those who love it will enjoy its fruit or eat its fruit. You see, what we say has the power to either destroy or it has the power to build up. And I know as Christ followers, we want the words of our mouth to speak and to encourage and to build up. But many times we find out that, that we don't go there. And here's why. And, and so I want to share three points with you today. And, and I want to do this through probably the best chapter when it comes to. Now, I could, you know, when I first started thinking about this, I was looking through Proverbs because in the book of Proverbs, there are almost a hundred different references to the power of the tongue. But uh, as I looked in the New Testament, I saw James chapter 3. And James chapter 3 really does a great summation of. Uh, the power of the tongue, and, and I really uh, believe that it divided up into three different areas. And number one was that your words have the power to direct your life. They do. Um, they st- what you say steers your life. It steers your relationship, steers your career. And, and when I talk about it steers it, it can steer it in a good direction or it can steer it in a bad direction. So join me in the book of James in chapter 3, and I'm going to start reading in verse 1, and it says this, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. Now, isn't this interesting that James, the brother of Jesus, writes these words, and he says, you know, um, be careful because uh, we are going to receive the greater condemnation as teachers. You know, Proverbs a 1019 says this, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. And so as a teacher, as a pastor, we got to be careful. The words that we say, and, and if you follow me long enough, you know that uh, I can find a multitude of words. All right? You hear online, you get the, 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 the abbreviated version. Uh, live and in person, sometimes I get carried away. i got to be careful because Proverbs 1019 says that in the multitude of words, there is no lack of sin. Or transgression. Well, he follows that up in verse 2 with this. For in many things we offend all. Again, he's still talking about the teachers. And if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. And so here is the, the premise of James chapter 3, of uh, a New Testament view of what Proverbs was saying, in that the, there is the power of death and the power of life in our tongue. And so he starts off with teachers, be careful, because you are speaking a lot. And in our words, sometimes we can err. Well, let's see what it says in verse 3. And he gives this analogy. He says, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Now, um, I don't know if you've ever had experience riding a horse but, um, you know, they, they put a bit in its mouth, and then there's reins hooked to that, and that gives you control over this. I remember as a young uh, man, I loved riding horses. I was down at, uh, in Tennessee at Fort Campbell, and they had a, a stables, and, and so I would go out there very frequently and, and on Saturdays and, and rent a horse to ride for a couple of hours. There's this one horse named Ray, and Ray was not for the faint of heart. Ray was a... Um, uh, very energetic, and Ray was headstrong. Ray was really good at taking the bit into his teeth so that you lost control over him. And he could, uh, rides with Ray were very exciting. I I would get back after a three-hour ride just completely um, drenched in sweat 
as much as he was because of the amount of work that it took the whole time. Because what would happen is, you know, as soon as we get a mile or two miles out, all he wanted to do was come back to the barn. And so I spent the whole time, you know, trying to get him to keep going further and further away. And then once I turned him around, it was, you know, it was a fun ride. Well, the James in Scripture uses that reference that we, uh, we control horses by putting a bit in their mouth. Well, he uses another analogy in verse 4. He says, look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So um, it's talking about our tongue, and, and, it's, it, and it references as a bridle um, for the, the bit in the, the horse's mouth. And here now it's talking about it as a, a rudder. Remember, the words our words have the power to direct our lives, to, to send which direction it's going to go into. But I want you to notice here at the end of the verse, it says, wherever the will of the pilot directs. Now, a lot of the things that I've been sharing with you over the last couple of weeks uh, talks about our heart. And really, the will of the pilot, that is the heart. That, you know, so again, we can't f- go back on that and say, oh, that slipped out, the words that we speak, because we know that those words come from what fills our heart up. And so with that in mind, here in James, as we continue to go through, and we see this great illustration of how the words we speak, that our tongue has the power to determine our life. Well, it it doesn't just determine our life. Uh, The words that we speak have the ability to damage our life too. You know, there are uh, ruined relationships. Uh, You know about them. Maybe you have some because of the words that we speak. I'll give you an example of uh, four little words. And if uh, you change these up just with one small change, it can change everything. Here are the four words. It's a question. You know, I mean, how, how can you get in trouble with a question? The question is this, have you lost weight? Now, if you ask somebody that question, they are, you know, pleased. Why? Because to you, it looks like they've lost weight. Whether they have or not, it's pleasing to them because they feel like, uh, maybe, you know, I'm, I look like I've lost some weight. Well, let's change that. And just change one word. Instead of saying, ask the question, have you lost weight? Ask, have you gained weight? Oh, game on. You know, everything's changed uh, in just a little word. Boy, depending on which question you ask there, you could either build a relationship up, take it to the next level, or you could ruin a relationship, destroy it. You know, not only are our relationships destroyed through the words that we speak, but our careers as well. Our words have the ability to damage our life, damage the people that we uh, come in contact with on a regular basis. You know, you think about one simple match, and um, one simple match is easy to, to handle. Matter of fact, you probably put 10 together, and still it's, it's pretty easy to handle. But just a few years ago in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, one simple match um, literally almost destroy, destroyed hundreds of millions of dollars in property. There was many videos of people trying to escape down off the mountain, and just the smoke was everywhere. Uh, about six months later, we visited that, and it was amazing to see how that, you know, houses were just literally burnt down to the concrete pad that they were built on. And if you know anything about fires, you know that it usually takes about 11 years for 
it to get back to its, the, the habitat that it had before. And I wonder, have you ever experienced that in your life? Have you experienced speaking some words and it was just like a little match and yet it destroyed a town? Well, that's the power of our words. They can damage our life. And, and as we read, continuing on in uh, James chapter 3 and verse 5, it says this, So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Just like Gatlinburg was set afire with, with just a, a, a match, our life has that same ability. You know, one sentence splits families. One sentence keeps family members from talking to each other for a decade. Going on in verse 6, it says it this way, And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set um, among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. You see, the tongue is set among our members. It affects everything. And so, and right here, when it talks about among our members, it's not talking about the members of our body. It's talking about all the different bodies that come together. Think about it from a family. You know, the mom, the dad, the kids, the grandparents, the grandchildren. Bring all those members together, and you've got a family unit. Think about it from a church. Um, all the different members, bring them together, and you've got the body of the church. Well, the tongue is set among our members, whether it's our coworkers, whether it is our relatives, whether it's our neighbors, right now in our country, whether it's the different races. The tongue is set among our members, and it stains the whole body. It impacts the entire body, all the different people in that body. And, and listen here, it sets on fire the entire course of life. That's the power of our tongue. But I want you to look. Where is that the source of that fire? It says it's set on fire by hell. You know, I had the privilege of Monday night. There was a, um, a couple of churches came together and over at the Centralia Bandshell had a, a time of prayer. And then there's many different pastors that got to get up and speak. And, and so when I got up, uh, I shared what, was, what I've been talking about and how that um, we, we all have deeply held beliefs. You know, and, and I, I talk about the three categories we're not supposed to talk about in the public setting. And here I was talking about in the public setting. Those three categories are race, religion, and politics. You know, um, those three have the power to unite us or divide us. And right now, when we see the division, when we see um, our uh, tongues setting fires in politics and religion and race, you can be assured that the source of that is the pit of hell. The enemy wants to divide us, doesn't want us to be united, doesn't want us to come together. And, and I want to share with you, church, that it was incredible for all of those different churches to come and be representing. And really, how the church responds in this crisis is going to determine how our country responds. You know, if you look at uh, politics and it divides, um, you know, everyone wants to be right. When we look at religion, I mean, just look in our Baptist denomination. How many different segments that we have? Why? Because we get divided over little things. Then you've got different Baptist uh, flavors of, in, in the same denomination. And then you've got under the Christian faith many different denominations or many different 
um, belief systems. You know, Paul addressed that, and he said, as long as we preach Jesus Christ, that's what matters. Not, you know, do we have pews or do we have chairs? Not do we sing worship songs or do we uh, contemporary or do we sing hymns? Not um, which version of the Bible that we're preaching from. And now here in our country, you know, race. Uh, I guarantee you that uh, when you uh, sit down with your neighbor, your friend, your relatives, what, and, and it's somebody of a different race, that you'll probably find more that unifies you than that divides you. But right now in our country, that's just, we're not seeing that. That is not the overwhelming message. Where is that message coming from? I believe it's answered here in James 3, verse 6. It's being set on fire from hell. The enemy wants to divide us. He wants to divide our churches. He wants to divide our families. He wants to divide our communities. And he's going to use the words of our mouth to make that division. Well, chapter uh, verse 7, it says this, For every kind of beast and a bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. All right, so all the animals have been tamed. What's going on with the humans? Well, verse 8. But no human being can tame the tongue. Now, now read that. It says no human being. There is a possibility for us to tame our tongue, but it's not going to be found within ourselves. Because out of the abundance of our heart, it's going to proceed. So what do we have to change? We don't have to change the words we speak because, remember, your behavior never lies. Ultimately, you're, you're going to let it slip out what's really in your heart. So what do we have to change? We have to change our heart. How do we do that? I'm going to share that with you in just a few minutes. The third point I would like to, I think that chapter 3 out of James says, and it talks about how that our words determine our lives. Matter of fact, it uses this as an example in verse 9. With it, our tongue, we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. You know, one of the things that I pointed out uh, on Monday night, and, and I want to share with you when it comes to races, uh, especially in the church, we've got to realize that we all have the same mother and father. We all come from Adam and Eve. If you take a DNA test, it will tell you that everybody is, is coming from this one woman. Now, it also says, well, there's thousands of other women. We don't understand why there's no descendants from those thousand other women. But this one woman... You know, that's what the Word of God says. That's what the Spirit teaches us. But what the enemy teaches us is that we're different. That we're different based on the way that we look. We're different based on where we were raised. We're different. That's not what God says. That's what not God's Word says. Matter of fact, I think what God's Word says is, Behold how pleasant it is when we dwell in unity. So with it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. In verse 10, from the same mouth come blessing and cursing, my brothers. These things ought not so to be. You know, he, he's talking to his brothers. He's talking to the church. And what he's saying is, we, the church, should not be guilty of singing praises here on Sunday morning and then going out and not singing praises. In verse 11, he asks the question, does the spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water. Verse 12, can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. He's given all these different analogies and examples. And the reality is this, what's growing on your tree? Is it the acts of the flesh or is it the fruit of the spirit? <coughs> you can't have both. 
It's impossible. You'll not have the fruit of the Spirit while the acts of the flesh are present. We have to realize that. Verse um, 13, it really brings home the answer to the problem. So if we want to really live out from good to great, we really want to take any relationship to the next level. The power of our words will do that. And so here in verse 13 in chapter 3, it reads, Who is wise and understanding among you? Now, if I had um, a thousand people in front of me and I asked that question, I'm sure a lot are going to raise their hand. I'm wise. But then he answers the question. Before you put your hands up, by his good conduct, let him show his works and the meekness of wisdom. Now, remember what's growing on your tree. Is it the acts, the works of the flesh, or is it the fruit of the Spirit? It's the work of the Spirit. Why? Our good con- our conduct, our behavior never lies. It's going to demonstrate what's in our heart. And usually the easiest way is we see what comes out of our mouth. In verse 14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. You know, this is one of the challenges that we have, especially with what's in our current situation, and that is finding the truth. And unfortunately, a lot of times we feel like we own the truth and we're trying to convince others and we do this with the best of intentions the bible tells us the truth will set you free and we don't understand why they don't see it the way we see it and here's what i would tell you is sometimes you've got to let them uncover the truth just because you tell them the truth just because you speak the words that are true doesn't mean that they're going to put that into their heart And you've really got to be careful. If your motivation isn't right, if your motivation is out of bitter jealousy or if it's out of selfish ambition, you will find out that we will um, take the truth and twist it to to meet that selfish ambition, to meet the jealousy or to get things to be viewed our way. Well, the next verse in verse 15 says, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. So the wisdom that comes from above, that's what gives us the ability to control our tongue. You know, uh, last week I talked about being a fruit laborer or a fruit bearer. And sometimes we try to filter and keep control over what comes from our tongue. But James is telling us it's impossible. Nobody can tame the tongue. No human being has the ability. The only way that that happens is when it comes, when that transformation takes place inside our heart. And if that, transpla- that transformation does not take place, you're going to ultimately revert back to what he says here in verse 15 is earthly and unspiritual, demonic. I mean, think about it. How many people want to be uh, viewed as being controlled by demons? But when we... Allow the acts of the flesh, that's exactly what's happening. When we allow what comes out of our heart to be what what I talked about last week, those relationship stressors. And this is what happens when we have an uncontrolled tongue. Think about Jesus and and, uh, Peter. And he said these words to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Why did did Jesus rebuke uh, Peter like that? He rebuked him because of the words that Peter spoke. Remember, Peter said... You know, Jesus was telling them that I'm going to um, have to go and I'm going to be, be hurt. I'm going to be killed. 
And Peter said, not on my watch. I will not let anything happen to you. And that's when Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan. And it goes on to say, your, what you're thinking and what you're wanting is not from the Father. We've got to be careful. Verse 16, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist. And when you look at Peter, Peter was filled with selfish ambition. And wh- how do I know that? Well, I can speak very boldly because Peter wanted Jesus to establish his kingdom. And he wanted to be with Jesus and be part of that, be part of the reigning and ruling. But that's not the way that Jesus had it planned out. And then the second half of uh, verse 16 says it this way. There will be disorder in every vile practice. When? If there's jealousy and selfish ambition, there's going to be disorder in every vile practice. You know, I think our current situation demonstrates that disorder and that vile practice. Folks, it's on both sides. It's, it's everywhere you look. If you are not living your life in one that is controlled by the Spirit, you are going to drift to this jealousy, drift to the selfish ambition, and disorder is going to result. Man, isn't that scary that every vile practice could be seen in the church? Those are the words of James. Those are the words that the Holy Spirit gave to him to give to us, to speak to us here in 2020. Well, in verse 17, it says, but the wisdom from above is first pure. How do we get the wisdom from above? Walk in the Spirit. And if you walk in the Spirit, you're going to have that pure water. You're going to uh, experience what they call peaceable, gentle, open to reason. You know, if you're not open to reason, maybe that isn't an indicator from Scripture here. Full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. You know, today I have shared with you that there are, uh, the, the power of the tongue has um, uh, the ability to damage your life. It has the ability to determine your life, to set your destiny. Tomorrow night, I'm going to do a Facebook Live, and on that Facebook Live, I'm going to teach you another skill. And this is probably one of the most powerful skills, and it has the ability to, um, like, instantly transform relationships. I hope that you join me for that. Uh, it's powerful. Matter of fact, if, if you go to our uh, church website, tbccentralia.com slash Monday, you'll see the different uh, uh, skills that I've been teaching uh, throughout the different weeks. And uh, tomorrow night, I'm going to be introducing a new one. It'll be a very brief uh, class, probably no more than 35 minutes. But during those 35 minutes, I'm going to uh, introduce you how that you can use your words and how that many times you're using your words now and you mean well, but you're destroying relationships. You're hurting people, just like Proverbs told us. Well, let me read the last verse here in James chapter 3, and it says this. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Remember last week I gave you that warning, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever we sow, that will we reap. So acts of the flesh, going to reap corruption. So... Um, Walking in the Spirit, you're going to reap the fruit of the Spirit. What, what you're sowing is what's growing. And what's growing one day is what you're going to reap. You know, our country right now, we are reaping what we've sown for the last uh, years, decades. What is the church going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? 
You know, there's no more powerful words to, to speak. And, and, and now I want you to just be selfish for a moment. If you've never experienced a relationship with Jesus Christ, you know, the, Romans 10 tells it this way, that, that we believe that Jesus died on the cross with our hearts and we confess with our mouth. That's the evidence of our salvation. The abundance of the heart proceeds the mouth. What's proceeding from your mouth? And I know it may be well-intentioned, but what is it? Is it pure? Is it peaceable? Is it gentle? Is it full of reason? Or is it something that's creating disorder? Or even vile acts? Church, it's up to us. It's up to us. The actions that we take are going to determine um, how our country responds to this. I believe that Jesus Christ, that through his name, we have the, I saw it Monday. We have the ability to um, quench all of these challenges. And if we leave Jesus out of it, we're just going to see more and more disorder. It's going to be in our families. It's going to be in our churches. It's going to be in our community. It's going to be in our country. Let me close this in prayer now. Lord, I come to you, and God, I ask that you would help us as the church to, to hear your words, Lord. The words that you gave to Solomon and when you said that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so, God, I pray that we would be faithful to speak words of life, that we would build each other up, God, that we would demonstrate the, the fruit of the Spirit, that peace and gentleness and Lord, that, uh, that reasoning and, and the wisdom from above is what would fill us and fill our hearts and that those are the words that proceed from our mouth. Lord, I love you. I praise you. I ask that you would just speak to every heart that is represented out there that's watching this message right now, God. Change our hearts. Change our uh, church. Change our community. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight. 